Really appreciate you keeping it tuned in to the Sports Cubicle here on WCPT and all over the universe on Sports from the Couch. And, of course, SoundCloud and Spotify on WCPT 820. I'm Mike Mercado with the always the great Paul Shabari. And Paulie, as always, has delivered for the amazing Sports Cubicle audience here in Chicago and around the entire interweb. That is right. We know if football is here, that means right around the corner is playoff baseball. And the start of two of our favorite winter teams in Chicago, the Blackhawks and the Bulls, which means the NBA is right around the corner. And Pauly, like always, is delivering dimes for our audience. Pauly, what you got for us today? So I was kind of looking at upcoming sports books coming out on Amazon, and I stumbled on one that was written about the G League, which is the minor league in basketball. It's uh, Life in the G, written by Alex Squadron, who is a basketball freelance writer but he's also worked for slam and the new york post and he joins us on the call today alex thank you so much for being a part of this for sure guys thank you so much for having me um this is awesome so i really appreciate it so i guess my first question is what made you want to cover the g league and kind of how these uh these guys make the jump from the minor league to the association yeah for sure um I think for me, like you said, I was working for Slam previously and, you know, was covering the NBA and, you know, the basketball world at large and was just surprised at how little attention was paid to the G League. Um, you know, obviously you guys, Mike, that intro is awesome, but you guys also have the Windy City Bulls in Chicago. Um, mm -hmm. And just like, uh, you know, it was always just surprising. The talent level that was coming from the G League didn't seem to, um, like, connect to just the coverage of it. Like it just, it wasn't uh, enough in my opinion, based on the amount of players who were coming from the G league and going on to having a huge impact uh, in the NBA. So the inspiration was really like, um, you know, this is becoming a bigger and bigger thing. Uh, and more and more players are coming out of the G league or being sent down to the G league and nobody's really spotlighted uh, one, like what's the experience for a G league player, which is a lot different from, you know, kind of the glitz and glamour of the NBA. And then two, like, what is that um, kind of pursuit of the NBA look like that grind to try to uh, achieve your dream? So uh, that's really what, what pushed me to pursue it. So Alex, let me ask you this then, right? If we love ball, right? And we know all the big names in the NBA. And then we know at least back in the day, maybe things have changed. And this is where it gets interesting about the G league is for the longest time, it was the, the juniors and the seniors coming out of UConn, North Carolina, U of I, UCLA. That's not the case. I mean, Wemby, Victor Wembenyama was playing in the G League. A lot of these cats that we're seeing coming up are G League players. I mean, hell, we saw what happened with the Ball Brothers, except for Lonzo with the UCLA. We've seen that these, these guys are making those jumps. Is it crazy covering the G League, the difference of... I don't know, demographics, uh, 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 financial demographic. And somebody like Wemby, who you know is going to be the number one pick, he's going to go to San Antonio, he's going to get the best out of everything. And then the guy who's trying to make his name in the G League to make his name in the NBA. Yeah, it, it's interesting. So, um, like, the G League added this new program called the Ignite, um, and that was to create another pathway to the NBA uh, as opposed to college where guys can basically get paid um, right out of high school. Uh, in some cases, like Scoot Henderson played two years of G League basketball before getting uh, drafted. And I think it's really good preparation for the NBA. I mean, the, the competition uh, really doesn't compare to the college level. And I think it's great like for players to have that um, you know, opportunity. I think the kind of counter to that is like 
I think re- like other G League teams, the experience is very different from the Ignite. Um, the Ignite is very much like preparing, you know, guys who are going to be high draft picks for the NBA. Um, and those guys are earning, you know, in some cases, $500,000 for a season. Uh, and they don't even really play a full G League schedule. Um, it's more of almost like, you know, a showcase and again, preparing those guys and developing those guys. Uh, and then there's kind of like the team I follow, the, the Birmingham Squadron, which is affiliated with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, you know, those guys are making uh, a standard G League contract. The season I followed them was around 37000 um, So it's just a very different experience from a kind of the Ignite. So I think the Ignite is great, uh, you know, to obviously provide guys like Scoot um, that opportunity and, and give them kind of really good coaching and really good preparation for the NBA. But I think a lot of G leaguers, guys who've been grinding it out for a while would say, uh, you know, it's not really the G league. Like it's not like, it, it doesn't really reflect the same kind of grind, um, that a lot of these guys are going through, but it is just like an awesome thing. And obviously bringing more attention to the G league as well, which I think was one of the goals of the NBA, um, creating that pathway. So I'm going to throw it to Paul in just a second because he's our resident baseball historian, enthusiast, has done a lot of great stuff with the game. And obviously he followed minor league baseball and some of these independent leagues. And I'm interested to see how Paulie has taken some of this stuff he's seen from the G League and how it contrasts and compares to minor league baseball. But, you know, we we all play ball and we we know that if let's say you go to the rec or you go to one of the places where all the ballers show up after work and everybody's going at it and you see that there's levels to this game. When you're covering, whether it's Birmingham or you're coming up here to the Windy City Bulls or you're going to, you know, Sycamore or whatever, you know, does it surprise you that the level of talent and just the levels that it 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 gradually gets from these dudes who are absolute world beaters in basketball, some of the best gym warriors, and they can't crack the NBA because the talent depth is so much now in the G League that it's not just overseas. It's not just dudes like Luca and some of these guys coming over from the, it is now homegrown here and they never get to to crack into the NBA. No, for sure. I think you nailed it. Like it, it's crazy. I mean, I played basketball growing up. I played pickup basketball. You know, I think of myself as a decent player. And then you see these dudes who are, um, I mean, it's just otherworldly talents. Um, and the fact that they're not good enough. Um, I mean, I, I shouldn't even say not good enough. I think most of them are. It's just kind of a numbers game. Um, you know, there's only so many spots in the NBA. That's probably one of the more exclusive, far-fetched jobs to obtain in the world. Um, and so um, to see up close just the level of talent, uh, how much work they put into it, uh, and, you know, to realize that these guys are, are still, you know, not in the, the top league is pretty baffling. And then there's all these other great leagues in Europe and, you know, Asia and just like the amount of talent is truly insane. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of G League guys would say like, you know, the difference between the bottom half of the NBA and the top half of the G League is not that huge. Um, you know, a lot of the players are kind of interchangeable. Uh, and it's just about, you know, getting the right opportunity, uh, the right fit, just, um, you know, in a lot of cases, like when you get those tiny opportunities, just not messing up any small thing, uh, cause that can be enough to just basically cross you off a list and give the opportunity to a guy who uh, might be just a little bit, you know, a little bit better or, um, you know, the, the margin is, is very thin. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, uh, it, it's crazy to see. You know, especially since a lot of these guys are moving back and forth, you know, you can go to a G League game for, you know, $20 and see a guy who a couple months later is having a big impact in the NBA playoffs. So 
it, it was really cool to to have the access that I did and to get to experience the season up close because, um, yeah, I mean, you know that these guys are amazing to watch. So, Polly. So we, we talked beforehand, Alex, how your last name squadron and you followed the Birmingham squadron. Uh, tell us a little bit about that relationship, how kind of that started and how receptive the front office or the players were to you when you started chronicling them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when we were talking, I, I, it's good to have just a platform to clarify this. So uh, <laughs> my last name just coincidentally is the same as the the team name of the team that I followed, uh, the Birmingham squadron. And that was purely a coincidence. Um, well, I, I should say that I chose the team in part because I thought it was like destiny and, you know, it seemed absurd for me to follow a G league team and not follow the one that had my name. Uh, but yeah, kind of the process was um, I felt like to write about life in the G league, I really had to be fully embedded um, and to kind of live life in the G league to, to kind of accurately portray um, you know, the grind of the season and then, you know, get the emotions of the players and what it's like as they're grinding to, to achieve their dreams. Um, and so I just like was looking at the list of teams and the one with my name jumped off the page. And so I reached out to them uh, and, you know, because the G League just doesn't get a lot of coverage and, um, you know, not as many requests, I, they were just totally open and, and, you know, receptive to the idea, uh, the PR rep for the squadron, Joseph Hooven, I have to shout him out. He, um, was just like totally on board and, and the, the whole organization was so welcoming, uh, and kind of from day one, they let the, the team know what like my intentions were and that I was going to be around. And, um, you know, it took a while for people to kind of open up to me and, uh, kind of understand the vision, but, um, you know, a, a few weeks in, I felt like I was a part of the team. So, uh, to get that level of access, you know, I was in um, film sessions and player development meetings and team dinners, and I traveled with them and, um, you know, spoke to them every day. And uh, for someone who's covered the NBA, which is um, like the access is great too. Like it, it still can be frustrating, um, you know, how limiting it can be in certain situations. So uh, to have just that, um, that level of, you know, access and just, um to have them be so open to, to me being there was so refreshing and, and made the book what it is. So uh, just a huge thank you to the squadron organization and, you know, everybody who was a part of that season. Alex squadron actually joins us today. The book is life in the G minor league basketball and the relentless pursuits of the NBA. And of course this comes to us, what October, the beginning of the month, you get your hands on it. So exciting times about that. We're going to get into how exciting it is to get to release day finally after all the hard work. But what I love about these stories and what I love about sports fans who are also either journalists authors, investigators, researchers, and they're able to put a project together and they put themselves in it, right? Whether it's a movie, a book, music, whatever. And in this case, the human interest of you watching these ballers, these world-class athletes, and some of them, most of them aren't going to get to the ultimate dream of the NBA. Well, you know, for all the stories that we've seen of whether you're a Laker or Heats or any of these guys making it, the idea of watching these guys, some of these guys not get their dreams manifested. How was it for you as a person, as the observer, watching them and, and telling their story to see some of these dreams not make, we've seen it in hard knocks, right? Like how hard it is when somebody right. gets cut, 
what did you what were your emotions what were you fighting what were you as the the creator and the the artist behind this what were the emotions of seeing some of these dreams not coming through some of them and some of these stories of these crazy uh, uh, these crazy stories of these world-class individuals yeah it's a great question um because i think as an author you know you try to to stay on the sidelines and you know you you want to capture the emotions but you also don't want to get swept up in it because your job is to to write um you know to capture the truth of the experience and to um you know kind of separate yourself from you know the experience of the players uh, but that being said, it's impossible not to, as you're going through the season and you get to know these guys, uh, just root for them to make it. So, uh, and I was just with such a great group, you know, guys who were working so hard and uh, were just great guys. So uh, it was tough. You know, it, it's just like you, the, the more you get to know them, uh, their goals, their dreams, their backgrounds, you just so badly um, want them to make it. Uh, and I won't like spoil anything, but um, you know, obviously, like you said, like everybody can make it. And, and it's an interesting dynamic because while they're all kind of rooting for each other too, they're also competing with each other. You know, these guys, like one guy getting an opportunity means that another one probably doesn't. Um, so um, it, it is really tough. And, and I'll say that there are some scenes in there where um, hopefully the reader can feel the emotion of it because I certainly was, uh, when I wrote it. So, um, you know, definitely I had players really open up to me and, and get real emotional. And, um, you know, you try to just capture that and, and tell their stories as best you can. So this is a conversation we've had a thousand times, Paulie, because this is, I think the hardest part as a broadcaster, journalist, author is when you start seeing these people, not just as numbers, as statistics, as jerseys, they become individuals, they become real people. How has it changed you as a fan? of the NBA, of the G League, being and seeing these stories and writing these stories? Has it changed you as somebody when it comes to having a critical thought of, oh, man, you should have made that jump shot or that was a bad pass or that was bad transition defense? Like, does it change you? I know for us, we try our best to be fair, to not be personal, to be critical thinkers, but to also understand that there's variables and things are different in live action when ammunition is coming your way in the actual game. How has it changed you writing Life in the G as a fan? Mm, it's a really good question. I, I mean, like, uh, for sure, I, I think it, it does change you just to have that level of access. Um, you know, coming from Slam, I had always been a writer who, um, you know, my goal was to celebrate the players and to, um, you know, I just am such a fan to, to write positively about, you know, I was never really the digging for the dirt type of reporter. Uh, but, you know, I think a few things. One is like, you have a deeper appreciation for, um just the, how much goes into it. Um, you know, I think from the outside, a lot of reporters uh, think that they have a really good grasp on what a locker room's like and, you know, how much film guys are watching or just like, the, you know, the nuances of the game. And uh, but I'm not saying that they don't. There are some who are incredibly smart about it, but it, it's a different level. I mean, you know, I thought I knew stuff about the game and then you're in the locker room and you're like, they're speaking a different language. Like, I, I don't even know <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> Um, so there's that. And then I think there's also just a deeper appreciation for, um, you know, all of the, the little things that players are doing, because I think obviously there's a tendency for fans to gravitate to the, the superstars. And, you know, you hear fans watch a player who um, maybe scores two points and, you know, grabs three rebounds and plays 30 minutes saying like, well, what is he doing on the court? Um, 
and you start to to just have a a different view of that because now you know I can spot the things that he's doing on the court, and um, I'm sure that there's things that that coaches value. Or I know that if he's on the court, there are things that the coaches value that fans just aren't able to identify or um, you know just don't appreciate in the same way. Uh, you know, they appreciate a, a guy going off for 25 who might make several defensive mistakes that just go over their head. So, um, yeah, I think it definitely changes just how I watch the game and um, overall just, uh, you know, my appreciation for all that the players do to uh, to kind of entertain us as fans. It, it's a it's a different level than most people realize. Pauly? You know, I wanted to ask when I saw the the chapters, it seems like it's like a chronological sort of following of the team. But one of the chapter names kind of stood out to me. And I was wondering if you could kind of like tease us without giving away too much. What's the chapter about November 17th, 2021? Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that that was really uh, it was just a crazy day, I think, for two. So I followed four players um, and that day just happened to be. Uh, kind of a important day for it, for two of the four that I followed. Uh, one of them, it's his birthday. And um, again, without spoiling too much, he like something happens at practice that, um, that just kind of uh, it's a, a scary situation for, you know, for his journey. And, um, and so that becomes this kind of like, you know, oh moment um, for this player who's, uh, we've gotten to know and, you know, is, is obviously trying to get to the NBA. Uh, and it's also the day that um, one of the other players had his player development meeting with the team. And um, I think it was really eye opening to me, just like, you know, this was a guy who um, prior to coming to the G League was in Israel playing, but not even playing. He was on the bench in, in Israel um, playing for a team in Jerusalem. And so for him to even be dreaming of the NBA seemed uh pretty crazy um but he was just this like um like his work ethic was insane he was so determined he was willing to do whatever it took and he has this meeting with the uh the coaches where they're basically saying to him you know we really think you have a shot at this and telling him kind of step by step uh what they believe his path to the nba is uh and just watching it kind of set in for him you know him following uh this kind of step by step list um, you know, I think it kind of foreshadows a little bit of, of what's to come in, in terms of the rest of the book, but, um, yeah, it was just a day that, you know, I, I kept a journal throughout the season and, um, going back through the journal when I was writing it, you know, I was just like, man, that day was, that, that was a, a big day. Uh, and I wrote a lot more that day than I did most days. So, um, I just thought it made sense to, to kind of isolate it as its own chapter. Alex, I think we can do this all day at the book Life in the G Minor League Basketball and the Relentless Pursuits of the NBA releases right in time for the holiday season, baby. It's ready for all you hoop heads who are ready for the ultimate present. It is one of those stories that I think most sports fans don't have the privilege or don't have the access to hear and see and for you to be able to deliver that message and to kind of introduce it. Cause here in Chicago, like you said, the Windy City Bulls are a big part of the Chicago Bulls, especially since that COVID season, we saw a lot of players coming back and forth. We're seeing these two-way contracts. And of course it's going to be very interesting to see how much more when the, the big superstar, right? When an MVP comes from not the Ignite. But from the G League, when that happens, when we see one of those crazy moments, it's only a matter of time, right? In some multiverse, it has happened because they're starting to invest and and make 
some type of effort to do this. And this is the last one I think we'll leave you off on because it's going to incorporate what Paulie knows best of baseball and what we do here as hoop heads, uh, Alex and I here. Let me ask you this. The investment, one of the big complaints we've had about minor league baseball is that it's a fixture of a lot of these small communities. It becomes a place to go. And it feels like baseball has forgotten some of that. Do you think the NBA, do you think some of these owners are really going to invest and hold dear what this can possibly be for them, not just for their rosters in the NBA, but financially to have these outputs in Hoffman and States or anywhere else in, in the world. Do you think the NBA owners, Adam Silver, the Players Association, are going to go all in on the G League beyond just the Ignite? Yeah, uh, I think that um, I think that every team values the, the development side of it. And I think it's just impossible not to at this point. I mean, just so many guys have come from the G League and gone on to be impactful players in the NBA, whether it's Gabe Vincent, Alex Caruso, Seth Curry, Duncan Robinson, Gary Payton II. Um, you know, there's just so many guys coming out of the G League to, to overlook its value in terms of development. Um, you just can't really justify that at this point. Uh, so I think every team does, you know, does take it seriously in terms of, how it can help the NBA parent club uh, just, you know, developing players to, to reach that level. Uh, I think what's different is, um, you know, certain organizations don't uh, they don't prioritize kind of the business side of it. Um, it's just like not, you know, they look at it as basically a cost that they're willing to pay to develop their players as opposed to, you know, we can really build this up into, um, you know, this, this, this thing that's embedded in the community that people want to go see uh, that has a big fan base. And, um, you know, the team that I followed, it was a first year team and they were, that was their goal. They wanted to do development and business and, and run this kind of uh, profitable organization. Um, and I really hope that like, I appreciate you guys so much for having me on because I really hope that the book, uh, you know, sheds enough of a light on the G league that people start to go to the games and care more. And I think if fans start to, to show more investment, then the teams will will kind of have no choice but to follow suit. You know, they'll, they'll have to uh, invest more in it if, if, you know, fans want to go and want to follow it. And I just think it's such an awesome um, league and there's such talented players to, to monitor. And you can, you know, if you're a hoop head like us three, like you can follow a guy from the G League and, and kind of track his entire journey, which I just think is so cool. So, um, yeah, man, I, I really hope like, that the book and, you know, platforms like yours and just spreading the word about the G league uh, can eventually, um, you know, make it a, a bigger thing. Cause uh, I think it deserves it. So. And you know, what else deserves all the love, all the credit is Alex squadron. Make sure you guys are following him on Twitter at Alex underscore squadron. The book is life in the G minor league basketball and the relentless pursuits of the NBA. And you could get it as soon as October hits Buy it. Hoop heads. You're not a real hoop head. We're taking away all your credibility. Ball don't lie. If you don't buy this book, it's going to be available everywhere. Uh, we can't wait to have you on, Alex, because I promise you the Bulls are going to need help from the G League. So we're going to need some of your expertise on what we can expect at uh, the Madhouse on Madison. But uh, any final words, the uh, the floor is yours here in Chicago on the Sports Cubicle with Dan Marver, Devin Tingle, Paul Shavari, myself, Mike Mercado. Chicago loves not only its major league sports, but it loves following it's other affiliates. So the floor is yours, my friend. Man, uh, tough act to follow. Uh, I'll say like, uh, whenever you guys will have me, I'll come on, I'll talk hoops. I'll talk G league whenever. Um, 
This has been a blast and, and thank you guys so much. I'll say that the book is actually available if you order it on Amazon. Now it, it comes out October 1st is the technical publication date, but uh, they have them in the warehouse now. So if you order it on Amazon now, you'll have it in a few days. Uh, and yeah, I just thank you guys so much. This has been so fun and uh, I'll talk hoops with you too whenever. You're a good man, Thanks. Alex. Congratulations on the release. Thank you so much. I really he's appreciate it. He's Alex Godron. He's Paul Shabari. I'm Mike Mercado. The book is Life in the G, Minor League Basketball, and the Relentless Pursuit of the NBA. Enjoy it, Hoop fans. And if you don't, I'll make sure to visit you at your house. We got more coming up here on the Sports Cubicle on WCPT 820 AM.